Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show about art, craft, and creativity. This episode is sponsored by Wish Studio, an online art studio. No matter where you live, you can be part of Mindy's online virtual studio space. Find out more at wishstudio.com. Okay, folks, let's get to it. It's time to craft sanity. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 117 of the Craft Sanity podcast. On this episode of Craft Sanity, I'm going to bring you an interview that I had been wanting to do for a really long time. And I finally did it. I finally sat down with Lisa Price. She is the artist and business powerhouse behind Art Goodies. And so for all of you Etsy shoppers, uh, she's over at artgoodies.etsy.com. And if you click over there, she does the cutest tea towels and stuffies and aprons, which of course, you know, I, I obviously um, have a thing for aprons. And what I really love about Lisa's work is that she trained as a fine artist. She got a printmaking degree and actually found a way to take her art and the skills she learned in art school and apply that to a craft business. She carves her blocks and then instead of printing on paper, which she still does on occasion, but her main business model is to print on tea towels. And these things sell like hotcakes. They're great. They're cute. They're cheerful. Uh, I have to say the cupcake is definitely one of my favorite images that she prints on tea towels. It's just really great to see how Lisa has bridged art and craft and found a way to actually make a living out of it. Because I think sometimes people get really hung up on, is it art? Is it craft? And stress out about that. And in the meantime, they're not making any money, you know, and Lisa has found a way to support herself as an independent businesswoman, and I am really impressed by what she's accomplished, and, you know, I just want you guys to hear more about her. We're going to start out the interview with her talking about where she grew up and how this whole thing, this whole creative and artistic thing she has going for her, like how it all got started. So settle in with the project. I hope you're inspired by my conversation with Lisa Price. Where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up in uh, northwest of Chicago, actually. Went to high school in that area, and then my parents moved to Kalamazoo, and I went to college up here. And you, did you go to Grand Valley? Yeah, I went to Grand Valley. Yeah. Oh, and you're printmaking. Yeah, yeah, printmaking BFA. Yep. And what did you expect to do with that BFA? Uh, that's kind of a good question. I actually thought that my my kind of plan was in college. I worked at um, a few greenhouse places and flower design places, and I thought that I would be a floral designer. Um, that was kind of the plan. I I didn't really have, I don't know, almost a delusion to say I would be a full-time artist because, you know, it's so difficult, and I knew that. <laughs> um, but I thought, yeah, floral design, I could work with color, I could work with plants, things that I've always loved, and design stuff, but that didn't really work out you know you read like you read these books and it says what careers you can do as an artist you know and that's that's in there but then you go to shops and you talk to people and they're like well you don't have design experience and you're like well yeah I do I have an art degree and I've worked in floral shops I don't get it so yeah so I worked at a art supply store instead for a while yeah um 
And then moved here on. In, here in town? Um, no, actually in Indiana. I moved okay. to Indiana after college and worked there for like a year till my student loans became due and I realized I couldn't live off of that. And so I got a salary job working as a service rep for lighting and electrical stuff. And then after that, a cabinet hardware job. And, then, and that's a, quite a far distance, I mean, it's quite a leap from printmaking. Yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. How did and you really... feel the time when you're doing these jobs? I mean, what, is it more out of necessity than actual yeah. love of the job kind of thing? Yeah, total necessity. Um, you know, because what are you going to do? You you have to pay your bills. Right. Um, you have to live and, you know, you have to find a way to do that. And those were the ways that I could do it. And with both of those jobs, I traveled a lot, so it kind of worked for me because I could still sort of work independently, um, you know, kind of on my own, sort of making up my schedule a little bit here and there. It was sort of like being the closest thing that I could find to being self-employed without actually being <laughs> self-employed. Very clever. Basically. Very, very clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my, yeah. my schedule was, you know, a little bit more my own than going to a really traditional punch the clock right. job. Right. So the boss isn't like looking over your shoulder. You're actually reporting in, right. but not having right. to see the person every day. Exactly. Sounds like a kind of a cool actual gig. You know, yeah. If you I mean, got, if you got to do it, you know. Yeah. The cabinet hardware job, I, I, you know, it was a pretty good gig for the most part. Um, there was definitely things I didn't like about it and you know I definitely kept feeling like this is not what I should be doing not <laughs> what I want to be doing mm-hmm. um you know and then uh in 2005 we you know the whole division we all lost our jobs and then that really raised the question of what am I going to do next <laughs> right because at that point how old were you I was um I think I was 28 okay and so you're trying to figure out yeah, and I kept What's next. Yeah. yeah, I kept thinking to myself, I just don't want to wake up when I'm 30 and be doing this. I don't know what. I don't know how to like. I don't know how to get out of this cycle. Yeah. Um, it's not what I should be doing or what I want to be doing, and I certainly like. There was this line for some reason. 30 is like this magical number where I should wake up and be doing something that I love, even though I'm not sure what that means. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. So I lost that job, and then I. Um, was out of work for a few months, and then I found a job working for a fine art supply sales company, which I thought was, hey, this is kind of perfect. It sort of blends both of those worlds together. Um, but that didn't end up working out. That company kind of, um, I, I moved across the country for that, for some job training, and nothing that they said seemed to really be true once I got there. Where did you um, have to move to? I moved to Portland, Oregon. Okay, which was a cool place. A great place to move and, you know, kind of prompted um because of the support for local and the support for artists mm-hmm. um and independent businesses, you know, I kind of looked around and thought, "Wow, that's that's really amazing." It's kind of like the Utopia, huh. it yeah. seems like. Yeah, yeah, I kind yeah. of felt that way really, and so I thought, "Wow, I wonder I wonder how I can sort of incorporate that into my own life at some point you know it really kind of opened my eyes to that whole scene and um you know I lost that job too and when I came back home you know I was really like what is home this to- all home to here Grand Rapids okay, yeah Grand Rapids. back okay. back to Michigan it's like wow what was that for that was kind of crazy you know losing your job twice in one year you know the economy was bad then it's really bad now yeah um what is that for? What does that mean? What am I going to do? And I started looking for for jobs, and I was going to interviews that I didn't want to be at. 
um, you know, for jobs, for, for rep jobs and stuff, where right. I'd be traveling around and stuff, and um, I just didn't really want to do that anymore, and I got tired of looking for jobs, and one day I decided, oh, I'm just not going to do that anymore, and um, it seems really crazy looking back, like, that I just decided that I wasn't going to, but um, it's worked out. I just kind of dove into my art stuff, and it just made sense to me. And so what was your first step? Because I imagine the discussion when you're talking to people, like, hey, how's it going? And usually people people who are between jobs say, yeah. oh, yeah, well, I have some interviews or whatever, yeah. especially if your parents <laughs> ask, you know. And you're like, well, I've just decided that I'm not going to apply for jobs anymore. How do people in your life respond to that? What um, do they think about it? You know, I I don't know. I don't, I don't remember telling people that I wasn't <laughs> so might have been doing that like, so much because the well, it's yeah. such a hard, you know, it's such a hard place to be. Sometimes, oh, yeah. you know, you, you feel so weird, and especially about losing a job twice in one year. Mm -hmm. And, oh, yeah. um, I didn't know if I was getting any unemployment coming and, you know, it was crazy. I just decided, okay, I'm going to have this art show. I started working on some kind of tongue in cheek collage pieces with, vintage images and just like little signs that, um, and the show is called the state of my union. Um, and it was just like about, about jobs and right. unemployment and the price of gas and just, you know, all these things that were and are still really relevant. Right. Um, local food, like growing your own food, like, you know, just all these, just all these things. And I, I had that show. Um, I wanted, I wanted to start working on printmaking again so badly because when I was traveling and stuff, um, it was just too hard. You know, you work all day, you come home, you're tired, right. you need to make dinner, and then you're just kind of wiped out. You you just, you don't have it in you to do that. And I just wanted to make a print really quick um, because I really am in love with the color reduction process of um, using one block and then printing, carving, printing, carving, and then it layers up and, and builds the image. But I just... It was, it's such a process. Um, I just needed to make a print right then. So I quick just made a swallow block and I printed it on paper and it just didn't look right to me. I don't know why. It just, it didn't feel right to me. It didn't look right to me. So I was out running errands and I saw some, some tea towels and I don't, I don't really know what made me think, hmm, but I, but I got a couple and I cut them in half and I printed this swallow bird print on the towel and I was just like this is it <laughs> you know I don't know it just it just completely clicked um and I decided this is what I'm gonna do I and just, so just I just decided of errands that you just you yeah know, you I came just, home printed the block and yeah I just decided I was like this makes sense to me it just makes that much sense I just like, it just felt that right to me. Now, did you show that to people, or what did you do? I did. That? I took yeah. this, I was going over to dinner at a friend's house that night, and uh, I took this, you know, wet tea towel piece, <laughs> you know, piece of fabric in the car, and it was, like, rubbing, you know, I had it folded. It was, like, rubbing against each other, and the ink was smearing around, but um, I showed it to my friend, and she's like, yeah, that's awesome, you know, that's really, that that's really cool. Um, You know, so I... I didn't talk to people a ton about it till right. I was sort of like I was just so into doing it. I was I I was so determined I had I did get some unemployment but I had like three or four months um till it was gone. And right. so I was so busy trying to figure out 
how the heck I could make this happen. I was mm-hmm. just so determined to make it happen. It just all seems so very crazy to me looking and this back. this 2005? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I started, uh, so I started Art Goodies in 2006, actually. So, so I had been, like, I had time. done the, I had done the, you know, losing the jobs thing and then moved back home at, you know, Christmas 2005. So from January, January, February, March, April, May, you know, I had looked for a job for months um, before. I was like, this is just yeah. ridiculous. Um, so I didn't spend a lot of time talking to people. I kind of showed some of my close friends, you know, what, you what do watching? you think about this? Um, you know, and they were really encouraging, which I think is such an important part to have encouraging and supportive family and friends. Oh, yeah. Um, because, you you know, you don't know what's going on. I mean, I, I just was like... A roller coaster of wow you know I'd have days where I call up a friend and be like man do you think I'm crazy right now I feel just kind of nuts um you know this just makes sense but I I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure if I'm totally <laughs> crazy or if this is totally right and right I had some really good friends who were really supportive and you know like you know you can do this you're scrappy you know if anybody can do this you can do this and I'm like, okay, that helps, but I still feel a little nuts right now. Um, so yeah, so I decided that I needed a website um, because, you know, that's how people do business now and not being very computer savvy or anything. And I had heard about Etsy and um, I decided to give it a whirl. And I had, by then, I think I had uh, four designs. I had taken some to the local farmer's market too, and the reaction there was great. Um, you know, I could buy food for the week, and that was, like, enough for me. Right, <laughs> so, right. You know, yeah, you cover your groceries. Like, yeah. hey, awesome, I can buy food and feed myself. That's kind of awesome. Um, so, yeah, so I decided I would try Etsy, and I put just a few designs online, and literally in 30 seconds I had a sale from someone in L.A., and I wow. I just couldn't even believe it. And so right then I thought, wow, this is a really, really powerful tool, Um there's really something going on here. There's really something to this. Um, so that's kind of how that started. And so that was, um, so you, you had a sale right away. Yeah. So you didn't have to yeah. wait for your sale. And then how, how quickly, I mean, how busy were you? I mean, were you I wasn't very busy. Or? I mean, I was working on stuff. I was working on new stuff. I was listing stuff, you know, as I made that stuff. Um, you know, but it, it's, it was a slow... The sales online, you know, I think I started on Etsy in, um, like, July or something. You know, it was, like, eight towels the first month. You know, every month, like, kind of doubled, you know, mm-hmm. as I got more. And, um, you know, November started November started kind of looking up as the holiday season came closer. And um, I think I had an interview with Craft Magazine. I started getting more attention and getting on some blogs, Um and then I decided I would try doing an indie craft show because I had been, I had heard about them and I, I don't even really know where I, I started learning about them, but mm-hmm. I had known about them for, you know, probably at least a year or something. And I thought, this seems like it might be a good idea. Um, I'm going to try one. And right. Renegade Chicago had their first holiday show. So I signed up for that and got in. Um, and I went there and the response was just insane I couldn't I couldn't believe it and I was so happy to finally find a market yeah the market and the people that understood an art-based product 
Um, you know, because I think we've all been to shows or craft shows where people sort of stand like in the middle of the aisle and sort of look at you sideways <laughs> out of their eyes, you know, sure they're like, I don't, yeah, I don't really know what to make of that. I don't really understand it. And by the way, I don't understand why it's not like a dollar ninety nine, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> right. um, I think we've all been there. So yeah, you have to find the right market. Exactly. For so obviously I had found the right market and it was just amazing. And I sold like I, I think about 300 towels at that show, and I just it just absolutely blew my mind. Wow. Um, and I came home, and then I got on Design Sponge. Um, and how did and that, that come to pass? That, did they just find you on Etsy? Yeah, they just found me on Etsy, um, you know, which is one of the great things about being online is there's always someone looking. You don't really, you know, you don't know who it is and, mm-hmm. and what's going on or... Maybe they see you now and, you know, they watch you for a while or maybe it's a store or a magazine or, you know, there's just so many people looking on there. Um, Yeah, so she saw my stuff and put it on there and that just kind of helped catapult me. You know, I sold a ton of work that I was just printing like till three, you know, I probably got three hours of sleep. I was just printing every night, just tons of stuff and I got more... um, wholesale inquiries and you know so I had to learn all about that and yeah that is a yeah. challenging thing yeah. I know um, in my experience I have not I've declined the wholesale business side right now but did you decide early on like okay I'm gonna because a lot of people make the yeah. mistake because you don't pre- like for me I didn't really price my looms with in mind to do wholesale yeah and it's a small I have a very small operation yeah and I didn't either yeah. at the beginning um because I you know, I, I really didn't know, I didn't know about wholesaling work, um, you know, I just didn't, I didn't know that was the direction that I was going to go, I mean, it Is was most just... your business wholesale now, or? Uh, you know, I, I'd say it's probably about half. Okay. Um, you know, my retail sales and my wholesale are probably pretty, pretty close, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm trying to grow it, it's something I'd like to grow more, um. Well, yeah, it's um, it's it's really interesting, but it's a whole different thing because, like you said, you when you first start, like I didn't price my work to be wholesale, um, right? Because they're really looking for almost half price, right? Yeah, because they have to be able to sell it. Yeah, they make want some money. You know? Yeah, they want it to be half. I I kind of did a slow bump. I had it like a two stage bump. I bumped it a few dollars and then a few dollars again, um, okay, because I didn't can... want to kind of lose, I wanted to be fair to customers and stuff. I didn't want to lose that customer base since I was just starting right? because I was working mostly off retail sales and I didn't right. really have wholesale accounts. Um, so I, I bumped it in two stages because I didn't want to just, I was afraid if I bumped it all the way immediately that I would kind of kill my sales. Um, you know, I didn't really understand Did you find that, that market worked pretty well. Yeah, it worked really well. And, you know, one of my stores, um, you know, I had explained to them, they were like, well, why, you know, <laughs> why is the wholesale this and the retail is this? And I had to explain, well, I'm, I'm doing this two stage bump thing because I don't really have wholesale. Um, so I need to be able to carry myself so that I can do it. And they were really understanding. They're like, right. that, that makes a lot of sense. You yeah. Know? Um, and I bumped it, I think, uh, I think in January I did a bump, and then um, another, probably another month or two later I did a bump. So it wasn't like a long stretch, but right. um, you know I, I needed to make sure I. Well, could and I think keep most people do too. understand when 
they when you explain it to them, right. you know, and even like a lot of wholesale um, people who are looking to buy products for their, yeah. their businesses are understanding too. If you say, look, I can't do it right now, but if I can increase production yeah. in you know another yeah. six months or something. You're not gonna. I mean, I think as a business owner, you have to be fair to yourself first. Right. A lot of times, people are so excited about getting that wholesale inquiry that they're they'll do anything. They're yeah. Trip over themselves. It's get, fill the order. But the thing is, at the end of the day, if you're not making any money, it's true, and you, you have can. to be careful of that. And and there's things that you know customers or stores are interested in, but you have to think about those exact things. You know, there's things that people ask me, can I wholesale that? And you know. No, I can't really because I can't really afford to buy the materials and 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 make it for Half something price. that is going to be a price point that is going to make sense in the retail world. And that's a difficult thing with wholesale is coming up with that retail price. And sometimes you feel like, ooh, that's that's pretty cheap, but sometimes it comes down to a quantity thing, um, you know, and and sometimes. You just can't wholesale it. You know, you can't do all that work and sell it for something that is gonna actually sell. It's gonna be too high because the half. It's just it's a difficult. So it sounds like some of your products you do wholesale and some of them you don't. Well, there's some there's some random things that I make that um, sometimes I make stuff just for fun. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes I make things just for shows. Okay. Um, that I'll bring mostly to just shows, and sometimes people ask me to wholesale that. Um. But you know, if you're trying to sell something for thirty-five, then all of a sudden it's seventy dollars, and that price point in a retail marketplace might not be appropriate for right, that. Right. Right. Um, so sometimes, even if you want to, you just, you know, you, yeah. you know, what are the and you know, and that's where you do your research. You know, what do these items sell for normally at retail? You know, what kind of price will these items carry, and what kind of marketplace? Is it? Um, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, if you're taking, it depends on how long it takes you to make something. You know, right. if it takes you hours and hours and hours and hours to do something, um, you know, can you really wholesale that? So it's kind of about finding something that you you feel like you can produce enough of mm -hmm. and have a wholesale price that is reasonable that you can end up selling enough of to actually support yourself. Right. Well, that, that is really what it all boils down to, is if you kind of have in mind what you think you should be paid per hour. Yeah. And if you're way below that, you yeah. know, because some people think, oh, the freedom of doing whatever I want, you know, when I want is, is just invaluable, but at the same time, well, you can't turn yourself into, like, a one-person sweatshop, you It's know? true, and, you know, sometimes people don't think about um, the cost of materials and all those things, you know, they think, oh, if I sell this for... $35, I just made $35. Well, no, you didn't because, you know, you have to pay for your, your supplies and, and all those other good things. Right, um, right. So it does, um, there's a lot to think about. But oh, it sounds yeah. like, I mean, in the, you've been doing this since 2005, so you've kind of had, well, officially, I guess. Yeah, I've been 2006, 2006 when, when I officially started it. Yeah, so, um, so about four years now. And so you've learned a tremendous amount. Oh, my amount. gosh. Yeah. I've learned an exponential <laughs> amount of information. Um and I'm still learning tons of stuff right. every day, and that's one of the things that I really love about it is, you know, I'm just really kind of naturally curious for information and knowledge and learning about new things and how things work. Um, 
So I like that aspect a lot, but mm-hmm. there's a lot to learn uh, and figure out, and it's it's hard. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, too, and I think your situation is unique in the sense that when you, you had that first sale within 30 seconds, yeah, that's not what happens to most people no, on it's Etsy. No, not. And I think, um, you know, an Etsy is definitely a launching pad for a lot of designers and artists right. start there. And then sometimes move to their own website. And you right. do have your own website now. I do as well, yeah. Do you, do you do most of your sales still on Etsy? or? I do. My my regular website links to my Etsy shop okay, for so sales directly, okay. yeah. Yeah, and it actually is one of the easiest ways to sell. I mean, well, storefronts it, are expensive to set up on your own. Right, if you're going to set up on your own, I mean, it's so difficult. And Etsy makes it so real and so easy, you know. It doesn't cost you anything to actually set the shop up, you know. It's so minimal to list something you know 20 cents yeah yeah, 20 cents it gets to be on there for four months um it's so comprehensive and easy to set up i mean you can literally take a picture and have an item online so fast right um it's hard to it's hard to beat that you know it's a great a great platform and tool and i really view it as a tool you know you have to use it you have to sharpen it you have to keep keep going with it because you can't just put stuff on there and then walk away. <laughs> um, you know, you sometimes, yeah. yeah, sometimes people say, Oh, well I tried it and it didn't work. Well, why isn't it working? You know, I mean, it's, it's not going to necessarily work for everyone, I guess, but if you truly use it and figure out how to use it to your advantage and, and what to do and, and when, you know, there's a market for, everything. I mean, just because I don't necessarily like something doesn't mean someone else doesn't love it. So, I mean, that's, that's the great thing is that you're literally opening your studio door to the world. Um, there's somebody out there that likes your work, right? You just have to find that Yeah. And you have to figure out how to, how to make that connection happen. So really using it, um, to your full advantage is well, what you need to do. I definitely think, though, um, we don't want to undermine, too, just the simple fact that you have come up with a product that is, and especially at the time, was pretty unique. I mean, there were there weren't screen printers printing on tea towels. I mean, yeah, I, sorry, I yeah, print block printing on screen towels. It just wasn't being done, really. You know. Yeah, I when I started, um, you know, I mean, this really this really makes sense in the context of my entire life, and um, I've always been really interested in textiles and. Um, vintage fabrics, and I actually have a vintage tea towel collection as well. Um, and and it just is like a culmination of everything that I've been interested in basically my whole life that makes complete sense to me, and it's kind of the meeting point for all of those things. And you know, I did as with everything, and um, you know, there's a lot of research involved. And when I first started, yeah, I mean, people have been block printing on fabric for thousands of years, but. Right. I I wasn't really finding anybody who was block printing on tea towels, so that was kind of great, you know, because a lot of people screen print, and, you know, that's a really wonderful art form as well, but I don't know how to screen print even, you know, this, you know, block printing is kind of where my passion is, and, you know, I have a degree in printmaking, um, so it's nice to use that, and there wasn't really much of that going on, Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, it was different, and, you know, the work is different, you know. Um, so yeah, it was a good, a good fit. Yeah, a really good fit. And so where does this whole infatuation with vintage 
come from? Um, as a kid, did you go around and well, go to state sales and stuff? No, actually, as a kid, um, during the summers, we would go to my grandmother's house, um, you know, and it was all, there was all these, like, really cool vintage things around and stuff, and we would go to the farmer's market, um, we would spend our summers basically canning stuff, um, so lots and lots of time in the kitchen, um, you know, time cooking in there, time making pies with grandma, um, she also was an amazing seamstress and taught sewing um, in the factory, you know, way, way back when. Oh, wow. Um, she was actually the head of style and design. Um, for which and company? For ball band. Um, oh, wow. They made the shoes and stuff. Yeah. And actually, the picture above you is an ad for Summerettes, and her, her foot was actually the pattern for that shoe. Oh, my goodness. Um, wow. So there's kind of a history of sewing and stuff there. And so did she have, like, um, art design background, or did she kind of learn no. it? It's just natural. Yeah, it's just a, yeah, exactly. That's wonderful. Um, you know, and on my dad's side and stuff, there's, um, you know, beautiful, handsome quilts and things like that. So the fabric was kind of really interesting to me. And I, I would go in my uh, Grandma Van Voren's basement and just play with fabric. Like there's these cupboards full of amazing vintage fabric. Um, and I would go in there and pull pieces out and I would cut stuff up and I would I would hand sew stuff for my dolls. Oh, and, wow. Um, so you were little. How, how old were you about? Man, I don't even... <laughs> little. I was little. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's just... I don't ever remember not doing, it, doing that at her doing... house. Just... Um, yeah, and I would go, um, you know, so she would try to, like, teach me how to use the sewing machine a little bit, and, and iron, like, I'd watch her iron things and stuff like that, and, um, you know, I, I'd go in, like, the closets and the cupboards in her house, and, you know, there's more fabric in there, and, like, just, just vintage textiles and stuff, and there was, you know, these beautiful, amazing dresses that she had sewn for my mom, and baton uniforms with you know satin and hand-sewn sequins and oh wow you know I would like try these things on and just look at them and I I just became completely fascinated by all of that stuff um you know and I would help her she did a lot of gardening and was had a really beautiful garden both vegetable and plants oh wow and so I would help her with that and I'd go out you know early and help her water the plants and dad had the stuff so I mean that's just like it's just such an inherent part of me and what I like. Um, I don't know, it just makes complete sense. And I like, you know, the colors and the patterns. They just don't make stuff like that anymore. The materials, you know, the housewares, it, everything is just... The the quality is just totally different. The well, feeling is like different. A, it's like a throwaway, plasticky yeah, type. Right. Yeah, it's not like... This is something I will hand down to my child. Yeah. Like if you get mass-produced I mean, things now. And the things that I like, I mean, they're really not things of value, but the colors, the styles, the designs, um, they're just really interesting, and they have such a great history, and I like learning about the manufacturers, and um, yeah, I just find it totally fascinating altogether. Yeah. It, it has a different, it has a totally different feeling. It just, like, exudes more of a... And I think that goes with that time period, too, like, after the war. I'm really attracted to, like, 40s through 60s stuff, so it's it's a lot more colorful, a lot of fun stuff, kind of that after the war, like, happy, right, like, people were really... at home, like, cooking, like, family time, fun time, like, sitting on your porch, like, just a friendlier, I don't know, a friendlier time, kind of, and I yeah. feel like the stuff sort of 
holds that feeling almost. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. And it makes sense to surround yourself with that. That's yeah. what you really enjoy. So, so this extension of if just the artwork that's grown out of it, cause a lot of your imagery too, right. is kind of the images. It seemed like you put like ice cream cones and cupcakes yeah. and, um, you know, whether it's a deer, or, I mean, it's like all this stuff is kind of like, it kind of exudes some of the same yeah. feelings in the yeah. people that look at your work. Right. So you, you really aren't kidding when you say that you're, you're kind of producing <laughs> what, you're making the kind of art that's kind of a culmination of this upbringing that you had right. with the vintage influences and the fabric and the, cause you're using vintage fabric in right, your trims yeah. with your I aprons. Use, yeah. And, strictly vintage fabric. I use vintage thread. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm, yeah, you're right. I'm not kidding when I say it's like a culmination of it's, it's, why I think it works. It, it makes so much sense to me. It, I'm so involved with it. Um, yeah, that, that's why I think that's part of the big reason why it works. I care so much about it. It's just such an extension of my being. Because you don't seem to approach this like a product. Like a lot of people, I think where a lot of people probably go wrong when it comes to the handmade business and maybe just business in general. If your sole goal is to just make money, like just be like, okay, I'm going to, I want to come up with something that's going to make tons of money. Yeah. First of all, you shouldn't be in crafts. <laughs> tons and tons of money. Because yeah. None of us really no. do that. But, um, but I think that it, what seems to really work for you, not only is the fact that you just love this stuff, but it wasn't your approach. I mean, definitely you were in a point in your life where you needed to make money. Right. Unemployment was running out. You need to either find a job or come up with something that was going to make money. So you did have that necessity factor into it, but you, you did this print you know, just kind of came up with a print. And it doesn't seem like your first instinct was like, oh, I can really cash in on this. But you're like, no. this makes me happy to do, look how cool this is, kind of, and feeling like an, a compulsion to keep doing that as opposed to yeah. seeing dollar signs in your head. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, because it's crazy to look back. I mean, I literally had three months to make it work, and I wasn't, I guess I was irrational about it almost. I didn't. Not that I didn't think it was going to work, but I didn't think it couldn't. I, like, it was just going to happen. Yeah. I just, (laughs) I just decided that that's the way it was. Um, but it just felt that right to me. Yeah. It just made that much sense that there was just no turning back. And, And I had always really wanted to have my own business of some kind. You know, ever since I was a kid, I'd, I'd make like weird little crafty magnet things. Um, when I was, I don't even know how old. So, so young. And I'd yeah. like have my dad take them to work and try to sell them for me. <laughs> oh, I used to sell stuff before lunch. Yeah. You get kids lunch money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Until my mom busted me for that. But. So, you know, I mean, there's always been like a little entrepreneur in there somewhere, but I, I just felt so strongly about it. Just felt so right. And I just, I don't know, just, it couldn't have made more sense to me, even though it was so scary and weird. You know, I, I think, you know, I didn't even know if I could, in the beginning, I didn't know if I could even pay my mortgage. And I remember I went and I bought like $900 worth of towels to print on. And I literally almost threw up. I was like shaking. <laughs> what am I doing? This, right, you know, that's a lot of towels. Um, it's know. a lot of money, you know, and yeah. you're like towels and I might sell house to live right, in. Right, because you can't mm. take the towels to the bank and say, right. no, I don't really have a cash right now, but you want to hold some towels exactly. for me? Can I make deposit on towels? Yeah, I just... I just believed in it and it just felt like it was the absolute right thing. It just made so much sense to me. It was like, I felt like, um, you know, when you, when you have other jobs and stuff and you just sort of start to feel like 
the job is you're not living life. You're just kind of going through the motions mm-hmm. and stuff. And I finally started to feel again, like myself, more like myself. And, um, it was a good feeling. Yeah, it definitely is a different feeling. Yeah. When you're working for somebody else and you're expected to be a certain place and do a certain thing by a certain time, yeah. you are kind of living by somebody else's yeah. agenda and rules. And yeah. you didn't have to do that anymore. But at the same time, you had more pressure to yeah, I mean, sell those products. Exactly. I didn't have to do that anymore. But at the same time, you're right. There's loads of pressure. And it continues all the time because you're always thinking, you know, what am I going to do next? How am I going to keep this going? Um you know, and you, you kind of have to be, you know, this kind of thing isn't for everyone because you have to be okay with not knowing, okay, I'm getting this paycheck for this much every week or two weeks or by the month or however you get paid. You know, mm-hmm. you don't know what that paycheck is going to be ever. So, <laughs> so you, you kind you, of have to be okay with that, right. you know? Well, and, yeah, and you have to live differently. It's not, yeah, you have to live differently. You have to live more frugally, um, which I think we should just do anyway. Because, I mean, you don't need tons and tons of stuff and the latest whatever, you know, I don't know. I've never, I've never really felt that way. And that's kind of nice that vintage fits into my pocketbook well, too. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so how long was it for you when you started and you said, you know, got that first sale in 30 seconds, but then for the whole month, it might have been like eight towels, you know. Right. How, how long did it take? For you to actually feel like, okay, yeah, I can totally sustain myself on this um, business. I made it happen in three months. So you really which, did? Yeah, I really did make it happen in three months, which is crazy because, I mean, <laughs> any new business, I mean, three months, that's just yeah, usually like... usually people take a year or That's two. like absurd, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's absurd, but it was. It started to be my full-time income in three months, which I still can't Just from online, believe. or did you have accounts, like other um, accounts? Well... Uh, with with online, with going to that renegade show, okay. with getting starting to get attention from blogs and interviews, and um, but it really started with the online because that's how that's people how you... were kind of finding me. And then you know, I, I do think it's really important to get in front of people with your product. Sure, um, you know that helps a lot. And that you know, renegade show really really did help so with was, that was too. Was the renegade show before Design Sponge? Yeah, it was right before Design Sponge. Okay. Yeah. Like did they see you before. at Design Sponge or was that online, you think? That they... I think they saw me just online. Yeah. I mean, I can't be for sure, but. Yeah. Um, so those things came Renegade, Design yeah. Sponge, which just everyone looks yeah. at Design Sponge. Right. So that launched you into a frenzy of printing. Right. Design. Exactly. <laughs> it launched me into a frenzy and put me, you know, in front of other people. I got my first magazine gig that, you know, January it came out. Um, so it really kind of catapulted me in front of people. Were you able to replace your income that you were making working for the man? I mean, was yeah. something that... And I then, have, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is a great feeling. That's got to be awesome. <laughs> like, so when you when you did that, how long did it take you to do that? Was it like a year or less than that that you were able to... Yeah, I mean, it was that first year where awesome. I made... I think I actually made just a skosh more than I did working for the and man. And that had to totally rock. Oh yeah, yeah, it still does. I mean, yeah. it's it's awesome. I mean, I I do have workaholic tendencies, I will admit, but I you know, I was working I was working <laughs> like exactly doing a five gig here. Yeah, I mean yeah. I work a lot. I work all the time. I don't often know what day of the week it is, um, because it all kind of blends together, but I really love it and I don't ever want to have to work for the man again, you know. 
um, if I can figure out how to keep this going, yeah. I feel like I've come this far, and if I can swing it in these rough, you know, economic times, I feel like, okay, you know, I mean, it's still scary and stuff, but... But you've continued to grow, though, through this I, I have. economic slump here. Right, I have, which is really exciting, yeah. you know, I mean... That's a pretty good feeling to have your sales go up every year, even though the economy is wickedly bad. Right. Um, but there's also more attention to handmade, I think, too. Now people are, you know, getting to be more appreciative. And as, you know, because of some of the things that have caused the ec economy to plummet, you know, I think people are are becoming more aware of the value of handmade things, mm -hmm. um, you know, which I'm... Which is great. Right. Great for people like it, me. It does make it easier to get people to buy your product compared to the mass-produced Yeah, I mean, store. it's still a struggle because people, you know, they're like, T-Tel, $15, you know, some people still have Walmart mentality, you know, but it's, it's a piece of art you can use, mm -hmm. you know, I mean... That's kind of awesome. Right, I love art that cool. I can use. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, because a lot of times people have a hard time justifying the print that hangs on right. the wall. So, like, oh, it's a tough, I can't use this. Well, I think um, the nice thing, you know, I like that I can, you know, I feel a little, um, I don't know what saying it's like, you know, a little weird, but it's like art for the everyday. But it, but it is, you know, it's, I think it's, it's a lot less intimidating to have art that you can use. Um, right. You know, because there's a sense of permanency when you buy something that, that goes on the wall. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of scary for sort of the average person. Like right. maybe for people like you and I, it's not so scary because we can really appreciate what it is and the value. Um, but kind of for the average person, it's sort of a way to reach people with your work. Mm -hmm. um, and for $15, I mean, it's a pretty low investment for someone to have yeah, I mean, it's, a print it's from an artist. It's crazy, <laughs> almost, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like I can reach just such a, a broader audience than, you know, I still sell works on paper and framed pieces, but with my tea towels, I can reach a lot more people um, and get my work out there. Do you still, I mean, do you prefer printing, like, Obviously, when you're in school, you're, you're printing on paper, yeah. and it's more of like art show kind of, you know, because Grand Valley's not right. teaching people, most art schools are not teaching people, like, how can you mass produce your, your and you're not mass produce and you're making it as fast right. as one woman can, right. but art schools don't necessarily train students for right. that they, kind of they life. They train you for like being a very show. traditional gallery, yeah. um, and the reality is that it's just a really how many people can honestly say they make their living that way? Not, not very many. And so I'm really glad that, um, you know, the indie craft scene is kind of coming to the forefront and people can make their art into things that people can use every day. And it's amazing. Um, but yeah, they don't train you for that. And so that is, I, I think there was a, a time kind of in the beginning where I sort of had to like, switch my mindset a little, even though it really made sense to me, like there was still that traditional art school trained little, you know, thing inside of me, like, Ooh, is this okay? I was going to ask you about it's that. It's totally okay. A lot of artists struggle with that because yeah. they kind of feel like, okay, I have this art degree. And in some respects, depending on what kind of program they came yeah. out of, um, you know, people who like, there's this division between art and craft. And yeah. I talked about, we've, I've, 
okay, there's been endless times when I've sat on this show. So what do you think the difference between, my husband laughs yeah. every time he edits, you know, helps me edit the show. And he's like, oh, you asked it again, you know. But I think it applies here again, yeah. once again, because there's art and there's craft and you're down there and you're sewing, you know, right. vintage um, ties onto aprons that you've printed, a yeah. carved block that you created. Right. You're not just like buying a stamper, which <laughs> right. some people have, you know, yeah, some people it. don't understand. Yeah, that. so you yeah. carve this block at your own artwork, and you're printing it, and you can print it hundreds of times, right? Probably thousands of times you've done now, and so you've you've made. I mean, as a lot of people will do, like a limited edition printmaking usually is limited yeah. edition, and so you've kind of gone into other direction. And was it? Hard, I mean, did you? How much did you kind of wrestle with that concept um, in the beginning? I, I mean, I did wrestle with it a little bit, and I think it's just because of that traditional training, just because it's sort of like when you go to school, um, it's almost looked down upon, like that's just not okay to do almost, but it is okay. Um, why isn't it okay? You know, that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, people have make, been making beautiful, usable pieces of art forever, um, basically. Right. Why why is it seemingly better to put it in a frame and hang it on the wall than to be able to to use it? I don't know. I think it's totally okay. I think um you know, it's it's an interesting discussion. I feel like I ride the line of it. Um I've heard heard both sides. I've thought about both sides. Um Well, I definitely but, think there's a bridge between both. And I like to hang out yeah. on the bridge. Right. You know, and if someone wants me to do like some kind of art quilt yeah. to put on their wall, I'll walk over to the fine arts and do something that's one of a kind. Right, right. Cool, you know, yeah. something I would die if someone used it as a pot holder kind of right. piece. But then I will walk across the other side of the bridge. Would you like a pot holder made of a recycled t-shirt? I can make that yeah. for you too. Yeah. And I will do, I, I, I kind of actually like being able to to do both things and not feel any regret or sadness about yeah. either thing. I don't have any regrets or, like, weird feelings about what I do. I mean, I, I come across people who, who do, and um, I don't know. I guess I, I don't know if I – it's not that I feel bad that they feel that way. Um, I feel like why why do you have to categorize it in such a way? I am indeed, like, making my original artwork, drawing, carving – I mean, it is my work, and um, it's it's on a tea towel, but why is that not, like, some people would say, well, then that's not art, it is craft. Well, it's both to me. Mm -hmm. um, it's usable art. How awesome is that? And I'd rather have lots of usable art than more traditional stuff. I mean, I love both, I have both, but... You know, the fact that I can get people's artwork in, you know, whatever, like jewelry, clothing, mm -hmm. um, you know, all those things, all those things has been something that I've thought about for so long. Like every, I mean, everything that we have is designed by someone. Right. Um, a table or, a, you know, you know some yeah. designs are better than others, but everything has been designed by someone, um, we use all those things every day, so why not continue to have really beautiful art-made, artist-made, designed items instead of cheap, crappy stuff that 
the quality isn't there, the design isn't there, um, the care and love of making it isn't there. Right. You know, and why not support people who are trying to do that? You know, I've been interested in, in all of that for quite some time, but now that I'm, now that this is my full-time living, I'm way more conscious about what am I buying and who am I buying it from and who made it and, um, things for myself and gifts for people, you know, I mean, you won't see me rolling into Target to like buy something for a baby shower, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of totally amazing stuff out there that are made by artists. Right. Um, and it's really, I think, something to seriously think about for, for some people. Oh yeah. Cause a lot of people don't think about that yeah. and just buy. Well, or then they don't think like there's a lot of things that are made, um, by artists that are out in stores and it's almost like it's, um, you know, you go to shows and people are like, you made this. It's almost like they don't believe you, um, or believe other artists because the, the quality is just really great. You know, the items are really amazing. There's a lot of amazing artists out there. <laughs> um, yeah, people can really make that stuff. Guess well, what? I think it might be because some people are still used to going to the craft show at the local church or high yeah. school and those are great. I still, I still love those, yeah. The whole concept of that is where people can have their little table right. and sell their goods, but sometimes there are people selling stuff for two dollars. Yeah, and it might look like something that you'd pay two dollars for. Right. Yeah. You know, um, so people aren't used to sometimes seeing high quality yeah. things produced by someone sitting behind a table. That's true. You know, yeah. so thinking, where's your factory? And <laughs> yeah. You must not have done this all yourself. Yeah, where's you know? your warehouse or whatever? It's like downstairs in my basement. Yeah, you know? and you're still, for the most part, a one-woman show. It sounds like you do have some help from a student. If you want yeah, to talk a little bit I, about how your business runs. Yeah, I mean, I try to do as much as I can humanly do as one person. Um, how many hours are we talking a day that you're putting in? I, I don't even know. I mean, I get up, I check my store, I, I mean, it's kind of just an all-day, everyday thing. You know, I don't really take... Um, a day off. Like I said, I'm not really sure what day of the week it is sometimes. <laughs> um, there's really no weekend here at Art Goodies here. Not really. No. I mean, there's so much to do all the time and think about. And, um, you know, my dad helps me, thank goodness, with some of the accounting stuff, which is awesome. Um, sometimes my mom comes up and hangs out and irons. Um, my neighbor has been sewing some packaging for me. Um, and I just hired a an art student to help a few hours here and there with random stuff. Um, you know, I try to do most of it myself, but the reality is that I just physically can't sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, it's too much stuff. So, so things that, things that I can kind of hand off like ironing, um, or just the package sewing, you know, that I feel comfortable like delegating to someone right. else. Um, so that I can keep printing and, sewing product and, and doing all that stuff myself. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to, um, it's kind of hard to just take time off because, you know, um, there's just so much to do all the time. You're, you're making the stuff, you're thinking ahead, you're talking with customers, you're invoicing stuff, you're ordering supplies, you're shipping stuff. Um, you're all those things, you know, you're not just like hanging out making stuff um, all the time. You know, some right. days you feel like you haven't really done anything, but you've spent like half the day on the computer, you know, corresponding with people or, you know, and I only really feel like I'm 
if you're making working a if I'm making it, it's not true about that. <laughs> like I always think geez, I haven't done anything. It's like, yeah. oh, well, I've been emailing and right, been and then people are like, what do you mean? You've been working all day, and you're like, but I, but I feel like I'm truly working when I'm making stuff, even yeah. though all that other well, stuff. Well, that's the fun in. part. That's yeah. the part that I like actually making stuff. I don't really like the talking about the making stuff or the. Um, all the, I mean, I enjoy contact with yeah. people, so I enjoy talking to people, but I, I really feel like I'm really getting down to business if I'm actually making. Yeah, and I, and, you know, the making part to me is like, it's really therapeutic and, um, meditative. I really, I really like that quality of that too. Um, there's just so many aspects. Well, plus it's gotta be pretty fun to like look up and see. All the fresh prints. Yeah, I mean, when pretty, I... <laughs> I mean, I know I had a lot of fun photographing that on the camera, but that must be pretty cool to look yeah, and see the it, beautiful things. I I, I love it when it's, like, full, when the racks are full of towels. I just kind of love the way that looks. And when I pull them all down and, you know, you hurry up to and package them to iron, <laughs> like, it just doesn't look right when the wall is naked. So yeah, I have to... Hurry up. It's and, kind of, yeah, it's kind of motivation to, to do more because it just... I don't know, it just has a nice feeling down there when everything's kind of full up and, you know, there's always something to do and I, I try to keep some stock of everything on hand right. um, so that I can pull orders and get them out to customers as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's always something to do. There's right. never there's never a shortage. It's never like, ooh, what should I do today? You know, there's always, like, <laughs> something on the never-ending list. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, I love it and it doesn't... Um, you know, I think when you're doing something that you care about so much and that you love, it doesn't feel like, oh, I have to work on this. It's just, it's so natural. It's like such a natural extension of who I am and what I like to do and everything just makes and fits together. Right, um, right. And I think that's how you know you're doing the right thing, too. Right. Because if it feels like drudgery, yeah. then perhaps you're not doing what you really <laughs> right. need to do because right. I know I've been getting by and like almost no sleep lately, and while I'm tired, I'm physically tired, I'm having so much fun yeah. that I wish I didn't have to sleep at all. I know. You know, and I won't take, <laughs> I mean, I, I won't, you know, even dabble in uh, drinking jolt or taking right. popping pills to stay awake because I'm just not that type of person. <laughs> I want to, you know, I'll feel naturally tired, right. but I go until I drop, literally, and I have a great time. And, yeah. And it's, but how do you prevent burnout? Because it sounds like you're... You're not someone who's like, okay, time for my break, and go out and, like, take your 15 minutes or half hour. No. I mean, you just keep going. But how do you keep yourself from burning out? I don't know. I mean, I the only time I get tired is, like, during the holiday time when it's just so crazy chaotic. Yeah, so that was, like, kind of, like, Yeah, that was really, crazy. really intense. And so I just think about, hmm, how can I sort of plan for that better next year? Okay. Um, Maybe start sooner, yeah, like, things up, kind of. Yeah, thing. like how can I figure out how to how to do that? But it's all relative, you know. You don't know what press you're gonna get, so if you don't know that a certain towel or something is gonna be in a magazine, um, kind of hard to prepare for that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you're not actively see. It sounds like you're not actually seeking no, the they, attention. They They're keep, finding you. Yeah, they keep coming to me, which is awesome. <laughs> um, but when you don't know necessarily what specifically is going to be in there or you don't know even about it till uh, it's out and somebody tells you it's sort of hard to prepare for that right then you just have to deal um, with that then you're like oh my gosh and you you have all this other stuff going on so um i don't know i mean i you know 
I guess, you know, like going to estate sales and, and looking for vintage stuff and kind of doing that. That's kind of like my fun time gig. So, which is also part of your business. Right. Though, which is, yeah, it's which also is very clever. So explain to people. So you started art goodies in 2006. Yeah. I started art goodies. Um, and since I use vintage fabric and stuff, um, I've been out, you know, I've, I've actually collected vintage fabric for quite a long time. Um, with my interests, you know, I had some of my grandmother's. And then I was making little um, books out of vintage fabric cover with vintage fabric covers. Um, so I've been looking for fabric for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use a lot of vintage in my own life. But, you know, at some point, you know, I think I bought this house in uh, 2004. And, you know, at some point I just didn't need anything else for myself. Mm-hmm. But I would come across stuff and be like, Ooh, you know, that's pretty sweet. Or like, I love this, but it's the wrong color for me or, you know, something like that. And so I thought, oh, I'll just randomly put a few things online. Um, and that's just kind of taking off, which mm-hmm. is cool because I love to go hunt for the stuff. Um, you know, it's something else for me to look at. It's, it, it inspires me. You know, my work is definitely vintage right. inspired. Um, so it's something for me to kind of give my brain a rest as far as art goodies goes. Um, you know, and just like, just even this morning, you know, I, I did a little work and then I went to an estate sale that was a couple miles away, you know, picked up a couple cool things and now, you know, back here talking to you. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. I can kind of sneak stuff in a little bit. It's kind of my fun time gig. I like to just, you know, even if I don't necessarily find anything awesome, it's just nice to go look. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting to go kind of walk into someone's life and see what books they read. And just, I don't know, it's just such an interesting thing to me. Well, because it's kind of like a story. Things have a, you can kind of see oh, the yeah. piece in the context of It's a total story. It's a total yeah. story in the history of things. And I, I love that information. And so you have your whole closet downstairs. I do. You stash the stuff. Yeah, I have a whole. I have a little canning old coal room down there that has some shelves, and so I call that the vintage closet. And I try to keep, like, I'll get stuff and photograph it, put it on my store, and then it goes in the vintage closet. So when an order comes in, I can just kind of go in there and, and get it, and you know, most likely be able to find it immediately. <laughs> Even though sometimes it yeah, sort you're, of you're disappears. Yeah, you're pretty well stocked in there. Yeah, I'd say. sometimes yeah. it disappears, but um. Yeah, it's that's kind of my break, you know, that's kind of what um you know, keeps me sane sort of. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and it's nice too that you found a way to not only do that but have it also be a second revenue source for you to support yeah. to the off time when right. things you know, slow down. Yeah, spring and summer kind of is traditionally slower and and that's when, you know, rummage sales, estate sales, garage sales are. So you know, I get outside, find some cool stuff, and it helps, you know, supplement my income during that time. Right. Which is great. And it's also been a really nice marketing tool for me. You know, I've started doing, like, color of the month um, on my side table, on my blog. Um, you know, people people are interested in that. And I think it's, I love, like, monochromatic, you know, oh, setup. Yeah. It's really interesting. And you have a lot of that going on. Like, we're a lot of turquoise going yeah. on. This room yeah. And, and that's... Got to be fun for you as a designer too. Yeah, like, it's super to... fun. I I've been really getting into styling stuff, you know, t- styling like vintage table settings. But then with my art goodies product, um, my towels in there, and it's just really fun. And I get to enjoy different collections. Um, maybe some pieces that I have, but also pieces that I'm gonna sell. 
um, yeah, it's just fun and it, it creates, it creates more of a story for me and for marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it just, it's such a good marriage between the two. Cause you know, I've got my, my kitchen tea towels and aprons with, you know, vintage style housewares. Um, it just really makes so much sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, and well, it's just so, so much, it's just well. so much fun. I've been having a really, really great time doing that. And it's just, it's really um, amazing that this is something that kind of just naturally unfolded Yeah, for you in a time when a lot of people would be totally panicking. Yeah. You know, you kind of just, you know, things just kind of came together. Right. And again, I think that's why it works. It's just, it's so, it's so natural. Like the progression of my, my product line, my work, just the way everything is, it's just been a really natural progression. There's nothing like forced or it's just it's happening and I think that I really believe that things happen for a reason and they happen when they're supposed to and this is like my time for that mm -hmm. with with this well and that's the thing too that a lot of times people go wrong and they see something cool on Etsy or someplace else and they see somebody doing something that's successful and you've been wildly successful with I mean especially compared to other online shops you've grown rapidly and you know, you've been able to keep up with it and manage it and figure out how to stay sane and still produce at a high level. Um, but where people sometimes go wrong is they'll say, oh, she's doing tea towels and she's putting on tea towels. What a great idea. I think I'm going to try that. And it doesn't work for other people if well, it's not, I mean, because it seems like for you what's made it so successful is that it really is something you naturally, you had that vintage background. You had the printmaking degree, like all these things that kind of came into place. Yeah. And what has that been like for you when you get the email from people that says, Hey, can you tell me everything that you, how you do everything and where you get everything? And well, it can be, it can be frustrating because, you know, first of all, there's, there's not necessarily a right answer. Um, secondly, it's my story and it's come from so many places my entire life. So I can't really, you know, I, I think that people should stick to their story and stick to making something that makes sense in the context of their life and, and something that they're passionate about. Um, because if you don't really care about it, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard work. It's a lot of hours. You know, it's fun and I love it, but it's also very difficult and you have to want to do it. And mm -hmm. if it's something that is your story, um, your chances are going to be a lot better, I think. And sourcing is really difficult. Sourcing is one of the hardest things that, that comes with business. And mm -hmm. I've spent countless hours, um, figuring this stuff out. Um, and, th and that's part of understanding business and learning business and being able to do this. And if you're not willing to put that time into even figuring out how to, do it by experimenting or looking for supplies and how to, then you can pretty much forget about it. Um, right. Cause that is, <laughs> that is definitely uh, one of the things that kind of does separate the men from the boys a little bit, so to say, you know, with, with business, because if you can't do that first part, right. There's much harder stuff that comes after that. I mean, oh, that's yeah. hard, but there's some <laughs> really hard stuff that couldn't happen because if you're dealing with a difficult right. customer or you're overwhelmed with orders, I mean, there's just so much. And if you built it from the ground up, you know it, you like, know it, like you know it, like, hand. yeah, exactly. And, and you're also not going to freak if suddenly your source, like you can't get something from that yeah, place anymore. Right. If you've done the research, you might know, okay, 
this place might have been a little more expensive, but I'm going to have to go that route, adjust right. my price. I mean, it's like you have a backup plan then because you've researched. Well, there's just so there's so many things. I mean, it, I mean, if anybody's ever tried to store, I mean, some of the stuff seems so simple. You're like, oh yeah, I can just look that up real quick. No way, you know. <laughs> And it's so hard, some of the stuff. And, yeah, the things that you learn along the way, a lot of that stuff, too, you can't even teach people how to do. There's artists that make it seemingly, like, you look at something, you're like, oh, that must be easy. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's really it's really not, you know? Right, um, they're just really good. There's they just, make it look easy, yeah. Yeah, or there's just so much stuff that goes into it. Um, So, yeah, I would just... why And why wouldn't you want to do the research and learn that stuff and why, you know, everyone finds inspiration from other people. That's kind of how it works. Um, you know, items, colors, whatever, but never ever should you just decide, Oh, this person's doing this and they're successful. So I'm going to do it. Um, for one, it doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. Um, and two, why would you want to make work that is like someone else's work? Um, that, that doesn't make any sense to me at all, you know? I mean, you want to make work that speaks from you, mm-hmm. not from someone else's. And if you're trying to, you know, make work that looks like someone else's work, the only thing that's going to happen is people are going to go, oh, that looks like so-and-so's. <laughs> um, why would Which you want to do that? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> what you saying, wow, this looks really... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know why you would want to do that, you know? Um, yeah, and I think that's one of the... That is another challenge that people have, though, when they're trying to find their way in the world and find their voice and find the thing that makes... How to express themselves yeah. through whatever art form they're they're in. Um, it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to figure out, like, what is it... That I, right. What can I do that no one else can do? Or what yeah. can I do my best work? Yeah. What medium do I have to work in? Sometimes it takes it takes a lot of time to figure that out, but it's important yeah. to figure that out. You know. Yeah, and I, you know, I just really think it's important to follow your own path, whatever you do. I mean, not even when it just comes to making art or right. whatever. It's just right. so important in life in general to follow your own path because I. That's, I mean, how are you going to find happiness otherwise? Right. What I do makes me super happy, but. To other people, it'd be like a nightmare, you know? Why I like to talk about people's, their creative roots, basically, what got yeah. them started, why I like to even go there, is because it does show that connection. So when you're in your grandma's basement cutting up vintage fabric, now you're in your own basement. Right. You're cutting up vintage fabric. So in a way, nothing has changed. And that's right. I mean, you're still cutting <laughs> yeah. up vintage fabric and exactly. attaching it to things you love. Whether yeah. it was dolls back then, now it's aprons to sell, right. or softy, or um, what you call them, stuffies. Yeah. Stuffies. Yeah. Um, you know, and that kind of, I remember that project when I first came here, you had just made, you had just gotten started selling those because yeah. you had made them for a friend. Yeah. Friend's, friend's child. One, yeah. yeah. And it's like, so the way that you've developed your products too has been kind of like, oh, I need a gift. Let me create this thing. <laughs> and then people liked it and it turned yeah. into this other thing. So it, it's not you looking online, seeing somebody else's work right. and saying, oh, I can make that Right. Too, no. You know? Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I love those stories, you know, and I think they're really important, and I, yeah, I just love them, and it's it's amazing when something can come together like yeah. that. Um, well, and is your, would you consider your grandma one of your biggest influences? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and did, did you lose her, or is she still? Uh, yeah, she passed away in 2001. Okay, shortly so she didn't after. get to see this. No. She didn't get to see it, but I'm sure she knows about it. You know, her granddaughter... Cutting up vintage fabric, 
And you're still using some of her thread. I am, yeah. So she's still, she's still, and I can see this is hard for you to talk about. I'm sorry that, um, to bring that up, but she's, um, I know my grandmothers were, we used to have Sunday night crafting at Great Grandma Case's house. Yeah. And I was only five, and I was the only kid that actually would sit at the craft table with the grown women. It was like my great aunts, my mom, and like some of the other aunts. And I was the only one that would sit at the table. All the kids would play with the toys, but I would sit there and I learned to crochet at that table. And I've been trying to recreate that since, like, because she died, of course. I mean, she was in her right. 80s then. So she died, and after she died, it was like we didn't have the craft gathering really anymore. And um, I do craft club at the Y, and I try really hard to, like, bring people to a craft table. And I know there's a craft table waiting for me in the sky. I don't want to right. be there for a really long time. <laughs> but something tells me there's some ladies gathering, well, and I, I will be there at some point, and I will have a sewing machine or Yeah, I mean, and it's no, amazing, like... It's, like, such a strong influence in my life. It's time. amazing, you know, you don't realize, you know, growing up and stuff. Like, even when I was in college and I was working on my senior show, I mean, I was making this work that, that was really influential from them, but I didn't even realize till one day I was like duh you know i know exactly where that comes right. from um right. so it's it's interesting to look back and see that mm-hmm. um and we it's, all have that yeah and it's history. it's interesting because you know she always told me when i was a kid she thought i was going to be a fashion designer like she was sure you know <laughs> well i mean close enough i mean she knew i was going to yeah. be some kind of designer of some sort yeah um but yeah i mean it's it's been really really influential and it's almost becoming more so, or so, or I guess not more so. I'm just, I'm just realizing. I'm well, having I think the once realization. You recognize it, it almost becomes. It's like almost like the floodgates open. Yeah, it's so you powerful. Know? Yeah, because you're like channeling part of this thing that you've had. Right. And when it's in your family, it's in your bloodline. Like you, I mean, women before you did this. Right. It's kind of like you just feel more of a creative license, like. Hey, I can do this because this is what right. this is what we do, you know. Right, it's like, it, it is. To do this. It's yeah. it's true, and I mean, in um, I mean, women of the past in general, like you know, things have have changed so much in society, and some you know, yay, and and some maybe not. But I mean, there's um, there's been such a long line of really, I mean women <laughs> strong and powerful oh yeah and you know oh they're just housewives but, or you know something. that well, power wasn't really that power wasn't recognized because i think one i one thing i noticed in just my life is i worked full-time at the time i yep. had two children 18 months apart i'm working full-time i went back to a full-time job and i was not able to have like my house now still looks like a disaster because i am like a workaholic right. so i'm constantly doing stuff and i look back at like my grandmother and like my great-grandmother and um, these women that actually had a, a tidy house and like could make a kick rear meal, you know. Yeah. And I think that is that is something I need to channel that a little more, you know. That, and that I recognize as being so powerful when it comes to like having your kids feel happy at home and creating that. Yeah. And that's really undervalued in our society. I, I think today. it's really, really undervalued in our society. Because everyone's today like, and... trying to work and trying to, and it's great to have the opportunity. I mean, I'm so, I mean, I would yeah. not, I mean, I think it's totally offensive that someone be discounted because right. they're a woman. Right. I think women can do whatever men can do. And, but at the I, same time, we, we, we have, you have to make choices and you can't make, you can't have, you can't be taking, you know, having a real tidy house and making, a meal that takes a couple hours if you're not getting home till seven o'clock because right. you're leading a board meeting. Right. It's like women have had to make choices, and we you can't do everything. 
you, you know, can't. And I think women in their thirty, like our, the women our age, are kind of. Some, I think we're decide. A lot of us are deciding to go the other direction. So I think so stepping too. Out of the boardroom and saying we're going to let someone else yeah. deal with that. I'm going home. You know. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's hard to do both, but I think like. You know, when when women were, you know, quote unquote, just housewives, <laughs> right? Right. I right. mean, it's a pretty powerful job. It's a huge job. Um, it takes it's... a lot of work. And um, after I after college, actually lived in my grandmother's house alone for about a year, and it was hard for me to keep up with just her yard. And you know, all the gardens and stuff weren't there anymore. And I was like. Holy How does she crap. even do that? Yeah. Yeah. How? Well, you, I mean, you hear even, like, when you hear interviews with, you know, influential men in yeah. the community, or just wherever, you know, whether it be a president or somebody else, a lot of these men will tell the story of a mother who, ran, like, held down the fort right. in a pretty mighty way, and it's not something that um, should ever be discounted, because I no. really struggle. Like, if a camera went into my house right now... I'd be like, you know what? Let's just do this interview on the porch. <laughs> I mean, I have my craft supplies all over the place. Yeah. And it's a disaster. And well, my mother never lived like that. Like, our house, she's a stay-at-home mom, and she did a great job. It's hard because now it's like um, women are expected to be able to do all of those things. Yeah, and you cannot It's It's really it difficult, all. you know? I mean, it's difficult for me as a single woman without a family to do all the stuff that I do, Um, you know? And... <laughs> <laughs> we have to make decisions about yeah. what is important to us right now and what can we let go, right. you know. Right. And um, But, yeah, it is it is a really interesting thing that I think for, you know, all the interviews that I do, it's always interesting because there's always a very direct connection yeah. from a person's history with the upbringing, the people in their life that were influential, and what they currently do now. Yeah. And sometimes they don't, you know, we don't always see that connection, right. but... Um, yeah, I would, I would, I would love to be able to like run into my grandma's kitchen and be like, "Hey, look what I'm doing now." Yeah, I know. And the fact that I can't um, sucks, you know. Yeah, yeah. but um, we're gonna like be crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, I mean, my grandma always told me she's like, "I know you're gonna write a book." Yeah. Someday, and I'm also oh, hesitating. It's interesting it though because, because it's like they knew those things oh. about us before we even. Well, you know, we had to figure that out, and it's like, yeah. I think I've been hesitating to, like, do the book, because yeah. I don't want it to be a good one, you know, yeah. not just, like, some crap, yes, but, yeah. you know, I mean, you want it to be... Well, yeah, it's it, it's interesting that it's, like, they knew stuff about us, I mean, I think, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like my grandma, in some ways, knew things about me before, well, she did, before I was even born, because she gave my mom this, like, beautiful punch bowl set, before I was born, and said, someday, you're gonna have a daughter who... We'll really enjoy this and like housewares and like to entertain. Dun dun before you were born. Before I was born. Um wow. and it's just really interesting, but I mean my um you know, my grandmother, she was such a influence too because well, I never met my grandfather. He passed away in nineteen seventy, I believe. So she I mean she was on her own, on her own um, and her mother her mother passed away in childbirth when I think she was nine. Oh my god. So she was like really I mean she was really industrious, super creative. Um she had to be. Yeah, she had to be. So she knew like she knew how to live frugally, she knew how to be innovative, you know, she had tools. People always thought like, Oh, these are your your, you know, who, husbands or whoever's tools or whatever. No, she had, 
she knew how to do stuff. She was like the ultimate DIY woman, you know. And she was your grandma. Yeah, that's that awesome. <laughs> yeah, and so it almost puts you at a, an advantage. Yeah, you know, of because I think a lot of times when um, you know people have someone else they can rely on to yeah. do stuff. I mean, you had this woman in your life that did it by herself. Yeah. Did it so well. yeah, so I this feel great like example. yeah, so I feel like. I, yeah, I guess you're right. That probably is one of the reasons I feel like I can do this and am doing this by myself. Yeah, because you had this woman that you respected right. and looked up to that she was the same way. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. She'd be very proud. She definitely would. Yeah. And, um, we are thinking about grandmas. This is not what I expected. It's okay. This episode. <laughs> And there's some are laughing probably. Yeah, this. they silly, are. This they're like girls. they're like we knew that those silly girls. <laughs> but I think that um, it, it is one of those things where I'm mean, clearly that it's hard to separate your personal history right. from because I mean if you find your passion and I think I just I feel so lucky that I was finally able to let go of the day job and pursue yeah. passion. And it didn't, I mean, it clearly it helped that um, newspapers are failing. So I wasn't, it wasn't like I walked away from like a real sure thing, great job. Well, I, I mean, things were changing and I, it took me 11 years to let go. So, um, it took me a lot longer to like go my own way. But, um, but in some ways that's like what happened to me. It's almost like I was, I, I always wanted to do that, but in some sense I was kind of forced like, right. Hey, guess what? Now would be a good time. Like, because, hey, wake up sister. Yeah. yeah you have like, to make a change. And that's kind of what yeah. happened to me. And so I think for those people out there that might be struggling in a bad economy, yeah. you know, if you take a look at your life and, and, um, you know, try to figure out a way to make it work. I mean, you were able to do it in three months and it was an intense three months. It sounds oh my like, gosh. But yeah. You did it. An intense it, three months an intense, you know, really intense first year. I mean, it's still intense. I'm not going to lie. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But, and see, let's talk a little bit about that. Cause like, obviously, um, this is something that is wonderful. You get to work in your own house. Yeah. You go downstairs. Your commute is very short. Yep. And you can still have your pajamas on if you want to. Yeah. You know? And like, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, um, the reality is, I mean, you're working a lot and yeah. you're, you know, you're, you, you have to kind of, you said you don't know how much you're going to make in a week. Right. I, mean, I have no idea too. It's like, I have no idea. Right. Yeah. Well, you know. And that's, yeah, that creates some, you know, I think I've always, um, put a lot of pressure on myself no way, no matter what I'm doing, but, mm -hmm. You know, now, um, now maybe it feels like more, more pressure, like, you know, because I am the only one who's making it happen. Like, I'm the one that pays the bills. It's, it's all about me and I have to make it work. Right. Um, so that's, yeah, that's quite a bit of pressure. <laughs> but it sounds like you're thriving in the situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. You know, I sometimes have months that aren't as good as others, but, you know, you you figure out when those times are, and you try to forecast um, for those things so that you can keep going and make it work. Um, so, how many sales are you up to on Etsy now? Um, my art goodies I think is eighteen hundred and some, and my vintage I think is like sixteen hundred and some. So you're doing yeah. That's not counting your shows and all that stuff. No, that so. doesn't count my shows and all that other yeah, stuff. So I mean, that's yeah. It's a uh, it's quite a bit. Yeah, it's, that's really awesome. It's quite a bit of stuff, quite a bit of product. And when I stop and think and sort of like crunch some numbers real quick, I go, holy crap, that's just a lot of crazy, you know? That's craziness. I mean, not just in terms of how many, but also in terms of just like printmaking itself. Oh, you yeah. Know, to say, 
oh, it pulled 7,000 prints this year, you know, whatever. It's, that's kind of a lot. Like, that's like, whoa, that's, wow. And so how do you decide, because you've brought in a student to help, and you have your mom and dad, like, have made, you know, help, come and help you, but um, do you want to keep this where you're pulling every print, and, or do you think there might be a time where you would actually have other people working for you that would do that? You know, that's a really hard question and I've been putting more thought into that lately. I mean, essentially in a perfect world, I would like to be able to do everything myself, but I don't know. It depends on how much growth occurs. You know, Mm -hmm. at some point it's going to be too much, I think. So then I have to decide what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I would like to have a family someday. So you know, if I get married and have kids, you know, what does that mean? I can't spend as much time as I do now. So, right. you know, do I become just the designer and have it produced somewhere? Do I um, make it more limited? You know, do I put, like, limited edition and timeline boundaries on it? You know, what... Like retire prints or something Yeah, like, like yeah. what does that mean? I don't know. That's a, that's a big question. It's definitely something I think about. You know, I want to be able to do as much of it as I can do, but I don't really know exactly what that means mm-hmm. for the future. Yeah. Um, because, you know, especially during holiday time, it's it's like a four-person full-time job. Right, um, right. And it sounds like probably the more, just because your stuff is so popular that even if you had six more people and you took on more orders, you would all still be going crazy. Yeah. Like, it I almost mean, seems like it would feed itself into some... Yeah. You know, yeah, like, like you would never have enough people because there'd just be more people that you could take orders yeah. from and then you'd be struggling to. Right. And it's, and you know, it's physically hard. I, um, this last year, I'm like, man, I don't know, um, you know, as I get older, like how much of it can I literally physically handle? Right. Because I was pulling so many prints, um, that I started getting tendonitis in my arms. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that is pretty intense. You know, that's a lot of prints, and, um, you know, I'm still, like, feeling it a little bit, like, months after, you know. You like, might have to hire, like, a masseuse or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, okay, every yeah. 50 prints, I have to, like, get a massage. Right, and that's kind of where it hits me, is I pull, like, 60 or so prints, and I'm like, mmm, that's not feeling so hot. Yeah. Um, you know, standing on... Cement, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I have a carpet over that, but still standing on... Cement. I mean, there's there's no way to like, you know, walk on a cloud really in your studio. No, I recommend you know, actually though. I don't know what kind of shoes you wear, but if you got like some running shoes, like with support. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always wearing shoes, and you know, and I but but just you know, twelve hours standing, you know, you start right. to feel it in your knees a little bit, especially you start to get a little bit older. I hate to say, but I mean, no, I know it's, it's a lot harder now it's, than it was ten years ago. You know, yeah. it's it's <laughs> happening a little bit, and I. I feel that, and then I go, ooh, you know, how do you, you can't damage your body at the same time. Right, because you don't want to be um, unable to, like, lift a gallon of milk at the grocery store right. because you print which, a lot. Which is basically where I was, like, right. both arms were screaming, um, you know, and that's tough because I need my arms. They're my tools. Right. I can't be right. physically unable to do um, you know, it hurt to carve a block. It oh, was, my goodness. You know, it was just kind of too much. Right. Um, 
So I think about that a little bit in that aspect, like, ooh, how, how can I, if I get super busy, how much can I physically do myself? Right. Um, you know, those are kind of weird things to My think about. Planned. I haven't really figured a way to execute this. I'm thinking, oh, in the summer, I'm going to make so many extra looms and put them away, yeah. but I can't ever really get ahead. Well, see, but and that's what I kind of think too, but again, it's hard because... You know, you have different things going on. And you're um, getting ahead, usually. It's really kind of hard to get ahead. As soon as you think you've gotten ahead, it's gone. You know, which is a great problem oh, to have. definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, but also difficult to figure out how to really, truly get ahead. Can you really, truly get ahead? Um, I don't know. Big question mark there. Yeah, and I think a lot of... Um, this is a problem that whether it's a big business or a st- business starting out or established business, yeah. that question of how big do you get and do you ever, you know, do you have someone else work for you or do you do it all yourself? Right. And those are all choices people have to make for themselves. Exactly. And it sounds like just like everything mm-hmm. else in your life, you'll cross that bridge when you have to. That's how I kind of know? feel. And, you know, if... Uh, if you asked me that same question a couple of years ago, I would have said, well, I would just absolutely always do everything myself. Funny how time but, and pain will influence that you know, Yeah, But I don't. I mean, I like being a small, independent business, and I think that's really that's really important to me. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think I, those are things that I think about and things that, like you said, I when I get to those points, will decide. Right, right. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, everything is... Um, it, I mean, it's great that you don't have products sitting around. I mean, because that's another problem. Yeah. Everyone wants to have. I mean, yeah, you don't want to have true. that problem. So, you know, you're doing well. And I think you're just a great example of someone who's really working hard and you're self-sufficient and doing it, you know, on your own. I think I have great respect for that. I think it's really awesome Thank what you. you've been able to Thanks. do. And it's been a interesting and journey and a hard journey at times, and but very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I think just from your story, from hearing it, people are going to take away some information about how they can maybe just reflect on their own life a little bit. Cause I think you're authentic and that's what I love about your work is it, it doesn't look like anybody else's and it's just really is truly an extension of who you are as a person. And, um, I think that's what's perplexing sometimes when people are trying to figure out like, how can I be successful like her? And it's yeah. like, well, you need to, the first step is look at your own life and what you want to really do. With right. It, and then, Chances are, if you if you tune into that, you'll figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard. It's not. I don't think it's something you can just say. What should I do? I and mean, then have a light bulb goes Haven't up, we yeah. all kind of at some point thought that? But um, I don't think it's something that you can really figure out. If somebody told me, however many years ago, someday you're going to be doing this, I'd be like, really? I don't know. <laughs> right. I wouldn't have have nothing necessarily guessed it. I mean, I wouldn't be like, no way, but I didn't know. I didn't know I was going to do this till it just happened, kind right, of, right. and I think, you know, that's kind of the beauty of certain things in the universe, you know? It oh, happens. Yeah. Things line up. And... It, it lines up, it makes sense, and it works because it's supposed to, and I feel very lucky and fortunate that I've been able to have that experience, because it doesn't certainly happen to everyone. Um, but I feel like you have to be open to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the uncertainty of it. Because yeah, and it's a very uncertain thing. thing. And, yeah. and I think that's that's the hard part for people. It's, it's hard to take that flying leap. I mean, I really took a giant flying leap. I could have, you know, I'm sitting here now talking about 
it, and it's been successful, but it also could have totally blown up in my face, you know? But I just, I just believed in it and seemed right, and I took that giant flying leap, which is one of the scariest things that I think you can do. But you must feel like so much more confident now that you did that and it was successful. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that stand on that ledge. Yeah. And I must have repacked my, you know, metaphorical parachute like 50 <laughs> or 60 times. I had like a backup yeah, shoot yeah. and then the backup to the backup shoot. And I stood there kind of looking out of the plane for like 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I knew two weeks into my day job. I was in the same day job for 11 years and I knew two weeks into it. This is not for me. Like right. this is not what I'm supposed to do for the long term. And I, but I wanted to be like responsible and I felt like, oh, I went to college and I got this degree and I have to, you honor that effort by staying right. here. And, um, it took me a long time to get out of the plane. But, um, once I did, I probably, even if I would have smacked and hit the ground, <laughs> I think yeah. I would have bounced off because I was so like, well, felt so free, like, right. like anything was possible for the first time in my life. It's just great. It's true. And it is a good feeling. And there are people that have smacked the ground. Well, and, and then they get up eventually. Yeah, you know? and I mean, you read about, I mean, there's super famous people. I think, you know, like miserably. Donald Trump, like, failed. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. he didn't stop. I mean, if you believe, you know, what you're doing and, you know, there, it's it's interesting because there's there's a lot of companies, you know, that you read about and stuff and they, like, start in their basement, you know? Oh, yeah. There's and you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, all about the basement. It's all about the basement. They, like, start, like, they, yeah, and it's, like, and a lot of times failure is part of the story. It is. And, and it I is. think that um, that actually makes, I'm all about stories, and that makes the story more interesting. Because, like, if everything I did was smooth and seamless, yeah. and I would have decided two weeks into my job, this is not for me. And I right. launched a podcast before the technology was even available. I mean, that would just be ridiculous. Right. You know, the fact that I struggled. And, um, and yeah, and that goes back to, like, sourcing the stuff and learning the stuff and doing the stuff. And, you know, it is a struggle. It's mm-hmm. a struggle. It's just not a piece of cake. It's not all been, like, rainbows and sunshine <laughs> over here. You I know? didn't see any smurfs like, in your face. No, okay, you know? no smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's a struggle, and sometimes it's really hard, and, um, you know, sometimes you have a meltdown on occasion. Oh, yeah, I've had plenty of meltdowns, and I know there's plenty in my future. Yeah, I mean, but you have to have those, um, and you learn from all those things, and you learn from the things that maybe you didn't do right or didn't work out or, you know, those are all learning things, and those are all things that make you you and make your business your business and make your story what it is. Right. I really enjoyed my conversation with Lisa and it's, they're always long conversations. Like we don't get a chance to get together very often, but when we get together, it's always a long conversation and we covered a lot of ground and thank you, Lisa, for your time and for inspiring us with your wonderful artwork. We really appreciate that and all the best to you. And if you'd like to get your hands on something that Lisa has printed, you can head over to artgoodies.etsy.com. She also has her blog where you can follow all the latest Art Goodies happenings, and that's um, artgoodiesonline.com. You can also follow her on Twitter, and she's Art Goodies is her, her name on Twitter. I hope this interview really gives you some encouragement if you know your dream is to craft yourself a handmade living. Lisa obviously jumped into this 
full steam and made everything happen within a very short amount of time. Don't get discouraged if it doesn't happen for you in three months. Just keep plugging away. Because uh, if you love it and if you head in the direction of the things you love, it's going to work out. People respond well. If you come upon someone who's doing something that makes them happy and they seem very cheerful, whether it's at the art market or they're painting outside by the pond, you know, I mean, it, if you run into people who are exuding joyfulness about what they're doing, you want to help them. You want to buy into what they're selling. And, you know, so just keep that in mind when you're out there. Uh, I'd like to thank episode 117 sponsor once again. I really appreciate the support from wishstudio.com. So I, and I want to direct you over to uh, check out the exciting online art studio and the supportive community that you'll find over at wishstudio.com. Over there, you can create, connect, and dive deeper into your own creative life. If you visit the workshops page, you can see class offerings. And you can also, you know, if you connect with Mindy, you could also possibly be teaching your own workshop in her virtual studio space. So if you have a creative dream or idea and you kind of want to get things off the ground, you can join a project group over there and read the collaborative blog, which is super inspiring. You can hear the voices of several very inspiring artists. So check that out. Thanks again, Mindy. I appreciate your support. So everyone head over to wishstudio.com and thank Mindy for supporting this podcast. I'm going to be heading to Seattle soon for the Conference for Creative Entrepreneurs, and that's coming up the 13th, 14th, and 15th in Seattle, Washington. I'm very excited to be going out there. I've heard from some people who are planning to be out there. I'm going to be in town, but I believe I am landing in Seattle in the afternoon, Thursday before the conference. That's the 12th. I'm going to try to see if I can set up some kind of meetup for that evening. And if you're not planning to be, if you're not going to be in town, and this is primarily for people that live in the Seattle area, I don't care if it's one person or, you know, five or six. I'm certainly not expecting any more than that. I think it'll be really fun to kind of connect with some of the people that I have been conversing with or interviewing online for all these years. To actually connect names with faces will be fun. So anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If you have some interview suggestions for me, let me know. I'm going to be recording a new batch of, of podcasts for you. And uh, I think my biggest problem is I'm overwhelmed by the possibilities. Uh, if there was a way that I could do this every day and really make this my main job, I would love to do that. I, I really would. There's so many people to talk to. There just doesn't seem to be enough time. You can reach me at jennifer at craftsanity.com, and I'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, craft sanity, my friends, it works for me. Mm-hmm.